views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WHIO and Cox Media Group. This hour is sponsored by Sim Trainer. This is WHIO's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everybody. Dayton is our number one priority. You know that. And as news breaks, we'll break in anytime. Dayton's all news and talk is 1290-957 WHIO. Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome to this Saturday afternoon pre-recorded broadcast to shoot from the hip. I'm Jeff Pedro in with Mark Avery, and we're from Sim Trainer, the Dayton area's first indoor range and firearms training center. You can visit us on the web at www.sim-trainer.com. You can call us at the range at 937-293-3914, or you can stop down and see us, and our shop is located at 2031 Dryden Road in Moraine. I will remind our listeners that uh, we have limited hours, uh, at least through the end of the year. We're open Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 4 to 8 p.m. We're open uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays from 12 noon to 4 p.m. and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. We offer a wide array of courses, and I want to encourage you, if you're going to come down, to please check our website underneath uh, the calendar tab. You can uh, find out if there's activities going on because if we have a class going on that's going to interrupt some of those open hours, we will close the range to recreational shooting, and there probably won't be anybody at the front desk because everybody's busy participating in the activity that we have going at that particular time. So in addition to uh, keeping track of the hours that we have, always check the calendar to see if something's going on, and it will tell you if you scan over the date and the time um, it'll tell you that the range is going to be closed from, uh, say, 1.30 to 3 o'clock on uh, the first Saturday for uh, first shots range portion of that of that class. So always check the, the range calendar to make sure um, we are available to you. We're going to start off today's show. Uh, we have a special guest in the, in the studio, and it's uh, Ohio State Senator Steve Hoffman, who represents the 5th Senate, Senate District in Ohio, in Ohio uh, the greater Miami Valley and beyond. And uh, we've had Steve on several times before, and uh, he's been one of our major uh, um, sources of information over at the State House as to what's going on. Steve, I want to first of all welcome you to the show. Uh, thank you very much. I, uh, as always, just a pleasure to be here. And, um, you, you know, in the past, Steve, we've had you uh, either on the show or call in, and we've talked about a variety of issues. And 2020 has been an interesting year, to say the least. And uh, could you just start off by telling us from, you know, what's going on at the State House? Are things still getting done? Are you guys moving forward with the, the, the tasks that um, your, your constituents send you there to take care of? Or, um, and I don't mean this in a facetious way, are you guys even kind of gridlocked because of a lot of the things uh, that are going on, spe specifically uh, the, the, the COVID and the, the restrictions related to that? Well, most of our slowdown has been not from COVID, but the election. So this in a typical uh, even year, uh, there's an election. So we usually take about May to the election off. And so now's the most dangerous time of year in, in the General Assembly because it's the lame duck and you got a group of people that uh, – uh, that uh, aren't coming back and, uh, you know, trying to get things done before the first year because everything starts over uh, with the new General Assembly on, on uh, January 4th. Well, let me start off, uh, first of all, and again, kind of I'm going to jump, jump back and forth a little bit. While we're on the topic of issues, one of the issues that our listeners are probably most interested in, um, not related to guns, is 
what's going on relative to the, the lockdowns and being able to go to and, and for and, and go about your business. Um, the governor recently came out with a, uh, um, a proposition that at uh, 10 o'clock, I think it starts tonight, between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m., he wants people pretty much not out doing things unless you're going to work, going to the drugstore, going to the grocery store. I don't know what doing things necessarily means. I have my own personal opinions about that being a far overreach regardless of what his intentions are. But um, I know that you guys talk about this at the State House, and I know there's been proposed legislation to try to greatly restrict not only his, but maybe even the the health department's uh, chief officials' uh, recommendations for lockdown. Could you talk just a little bit about the discussions on that topic? Yeah, we, we had a Senate bill earlier this year that we passed out of the Senate that's sitting in the House that basically said the governor and health department can't um, um, give restrictions to healthy people. He can tell COVID-positive people what to lock down. He can tell exposed people, but healthy people... Uh, so that's sitting in the House, and then yesterday the House passed uh, 621 that essentially said that everybody's essential business is that, um, the, that the, the restrictions would have to – everybody would have to have the same restrictions as an essential business as a non-essential business so that, you know, the little shops can stay open rather than just have Walmart, uh, you know, when a pandemic uh, hits and there's a, a truly uh, total lockdown. Do you guys have the same discussions that I know many of my uh, followers have in that um – Anything is pretty much a, a an overreach, um, and except for what you said, where you obviously we want to voluntarily uh, protect the vulnerable, um, but when we we have such, I'm going to call them mandates or edicts, whatever you want to call them, uh, being thrown out there, and then we repeatedly hear people making reference to either the science or the data but none of us have access to the data. Do you guys have access to the data, and are you holding it back from your constituents, or is there really not a whole lot of data out there? There's not a whole lot of data out there, and, and, and that's what makes it frustrating for a lot of people. We know, you know, one, well over, you know, the nursing home patients, patients over 65, 70 years old, it has a high mortality rate, and we truly need to protect those people, the people in the nursing home. But after that, you know, the data is just not out there, uh, except we know that, you know, 99.9% .9 of the people um, – uh, below the age 20 are going to recover. And there are certain pre-existing conditions that put people more at risk as well. The same kind of thing. I mean, it's not just age, but there yes. are some medical conditions that cause people to be more vulnerable as well. Yes, breathing, COPD, lung, heart problems. Uh, yes, it's not just age. Uh, we, we know older people have more preconditioned uh, conditions, so uh, we got to look at all that when we make these decisions. What's kind of the, you mentioned this is a lame duck session. Um, there may or may not be something related to that that goes through. Do you see any, any um, movement in the right direction, the right direction being to uh, restrict that kind of activity? And could it get to the point where uh, the governor is going to be faced with a tough decision? Does he want to veto uh, legislation that's got bipartisan support, or do you think it it probably won't even make it that far this time. No, I, I think we'll get something on his desk by the end of the year. Uh, you know, 621 passed uh, something like 70-some votes, well enough to override a veto yesterday. I believe that uh, the the Senate would be, be uh, veto-proof when it gets to us. So I think there's going to be something on his desk that he really has to think about, uh, you know, before the end of the year. Good to go. And I'm glad. I thank you for sharing that with us because that's something that we don't often hear about and we wonder about, but it's, it's good to know that there's still 
still things going on even though there's limited activity for a variety of reasons, especially the election. I want to now uh, just redirect our focus to gun-related issues, and uh, you had sent me a message that a couple pieces of legislation were uh, working their way uh, through the courts over the last couple days. And the first uh, note that I got from you is that uh, Senate Bill 383 was introduced this week, and that's the, I guess it's a reiteration of a stand-your-ground uh, provision that's been a, uh, presented at least once, if not a couple times before. Is that the case? Uh, yeah, that, that's the case from uh, uh, Senator Johnson. Senator Johnson, a 20-year uh, military man in, in the Ohio National uh, National Guard. We, a lot of the things we talk about are, are bills that, that he brings, uh, and it is a, you know, a, no duty to, to retreat, that you can, you know, defend yourself, uh, not just in your home in the Castle Doctrine, but uh, out on the street if somebody approaches you and they're the aggressor, you cannot be the aggressor. The other person is an aggressor, you can defend yourself. And we've talked several times in the state of Ohio, deadly force as a, under current law is justified when uh, um, you believe that your life or someone else's life is in imminent jeopardy if you don't use deadly force, meaning if you don't use deadly force, someone's going to be seriously injured or killed, killed. And as you mentioned, you weren't at fault for creating the situation and you had no legal duty to retreat. Let's or focus had fulfilled on, that duty. Yeah, let, yeah. Let's, let's look at the duty to retreat. I mean... I don't know about you, Steve. You look like you're in pretty good shape. But Mark and I, we can't run away from too many people. Our ability to retreat is greatly limited to, to very rare circumstances because of our size and our physical limitations. Right, wrong, or indifferent, indifferent, that's the reality of the situation. I was a police officer for 30 years. And in the first And didn't 20, run much then either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for the first 20 or 25 years of my 20, probably the first 20 of my years, it wasn't wasn't much of an issue. But as I got older and my body started to experience aches and pains and injuries and, and sustained injuries that prevented me from doing things, I had to change the way I do business. Ten years later now, I'm in an even different situation. So um, the, the good thing is with Stand Your Ground uh, legislation is that it doesn't make people have to make that decision. When element two, they believe their life is eminently in jeopardy or someone else's life in jeopardy, they don't even have to think about that third prong and worry about being questioned after the fact. A wise person is going to get away if they can, obviously. I mean, if, they, if, they, if there is a good way to get away and not be there when the bad thing happens, that's your best option. The Yes, that always is, but but you you but then again, you, you know, you may be a 25 year old and you could run away, but you have your elderly mother or, or somebody else with you that you need to defend, and that's what you know the stand your ground and Senate Bill 383 does for you. You know, I look at the cases over my career, not only that I handled, but the other officers and other jurisdiction handled. I have to say that the overwhelming majority, upward of 90 to 95 percent where individuals use self uh, you know use self defense whether it was deadly force or otherwise they were in in a last almost in a last resort situation they didn't have the option to retreat as mark said there there's uh, you know limited situations where people are going to be able to but it's unfortunate that the law in ohio causes people to have to hesitate which could be detrimental to their well-being and it's good to see now when you have discussion about this in chambers uh, what are the what are what would you say are the the major two stances of the people for people or against what's the argument for each as you as you recall you, you know the the four is easy in my opinion you need to defend yourself and you know there's the second amendment that you, you know we're not going to suspend at any time in any way uh, i believe in the state uh, state of ohio so um you know, against is just people against, you know, the Second Amendment and, you know, people shouldn't be able to have guns and 
um, it, you know, it's not a good argument. We still have the Constitution. We, you know, swore to uphold. You know, as a result of some of the recent violence around the country, Governor DeSantis down in Florida, and I want to mention this is uh, down in Florida, not here in Ohio. He is looking to expand the Florida Stand Your Ground law to also include the um, ability for individuals to use deadly force in riotous situations to prevent their businesses from being looted and, and, and ransacked. Um, I know that's not something up here, but we're, 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 you know, we're, we're where they were probably 10 years ago. And we're looking solely at, because I know that made the news and people were thinking, well, wait a minute. There was a lot of negative publicity and there were a lot of media people who right away came out and said, um, you know, this is going to just give vigilantes. Um, here's the thing I know. The people that have businesses in the city of Dayton, the people who have businesses around every city in this country that were devastated, they're not vigilantes. They're people who just are looking at their livelihood go down the drain and they want an attempt, they want an opportunity to defend what is theirs and what they've worked their whole lifetime and what in some cases could be a detrimental turn in their livelihoods. Has, has that kind of issue been discussed on any of the... Oh, oh, oh yeah. I mean, they, they, those people need to defend themselves in, in, in their livelihood, what they've done all their lives. And they don't know, you know, there's 100 people outside your store in downtown Columbus or Dayton. You need to defend yourself because you don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to just take a computer? Are they going to come in and take your life? You need, to, you need to take care of yourself. And there have been cases where people have said, go ahead, take it, go ahead, take it. They weren't satisfied. They pushed the issue, pushed the issue open the safe I don't have the combination next thing you know it's into a physical confrontation and it, they've already lost the the little bit of an edge they had when they weren't an opportunity where they could defend themselves but it's good to see that at least that legislation is is moving forward because uh, um, I, I knew that the way this year was going I didn't even think about the the election impact on on what goes on in the state house but obviously now that you've made it very clear um, just because of uh, the way things go that had to be um, kind of toned down. So in just a minute, we're going to go ahead and take our first break of the hour. Um, I want to remind our listeners, we have uh, Ohio State Senator Steve Huffman from the 5th Senate District with us talking about some uh, legislation that's going through the Ohio House and related issues. And uh, when we come back after the break, we're going to continue to talk about those topics. Thanks very much for joining us today. It's, it's really great to have you here in our, in our makeshift studio where, we're, uh, where we've been doing this for the last several weeks. This is Mark Avery with Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show, and I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And we have Ohio State Senator Steve Huffman with us. And Steve, um, this last election cycle, we're all very glad that... Uh, um, a very good friend and, and big proponent of the Second Amendment, Naraj Antani, was, uh, was uh, elected, and uh, we're looking for big and, and great things from him, just like in the past. Yes, uh, Naraj is a great uh, defender of the Second Amendment, and, and also in the next General Assembly. Uh, last week, we, sp we elected my cousin Matt Huffman, the senator from uh, Lima, Ohio, as the president, uh, and he will lead the Senate. He is extremely uh, for the Second Amendment. Uh, he, he represents rural western Ohio, uh, and, and uh, then yesterday, um, uh, Representative Cup was re-elected as Speaker of the House, who is also very uh, pro-Second Amendment, and I think we're going to see some uh, continue of, of support of the Second Amendment in, in the Constitution. Well, it's nice to see that that's the case here in Ohio, because I think we are on a crash course with uh, some serious uh, controversy and um, 
um, uh, uh, violations of the Second Amendment when you look at uh, President-elect Biden's agenda, should he uh, achieve the status of uh, be becoming the president, um, his agenda, which is well spelled out on his website, and we've uh, basically taken it word for word and put it on our website, um, there's going to be some conflict. Federal legislation, Ohio legislation, that's happened in the past. And how do you guys deal with things like that? Well, uh, we kind of dodged a bullet. Uh, you, you know, one of the very important elections was the Supreme Court. And I was very disappointed that uh, Justice French lost. Uh, you, you know, there's four conservatives to three very liberal uh, people on the Supreme Court. And so when these things get to the Supreme Court, you know, they, they can interpret it, the Constitution and interpret it in the correct way. Uh, but we're, we're one election of, of, from losing the, 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 the Constitution with the Supreme Court, and that's going to be very difficult, and that's going to be a big election in 22. So it's safe to say that the same kind of politics are playing out at the state level that are kind of could have played out at the federal level. In a variety of different capacities. Yep, and and, and so we got to keep an eye on the Supreme Court, and uh, uh, the Chief Justice is age limited; she can't run. So uh, we'll have a new uh, a Supreme Court uh, Chief Justice in twenty-two. And then we've got um, uh, legislation uh, that we've talked about in in the past. Uh, the federal legislation, the, those proposals for uh, trying to do away with uh, the lawful commerce. Uh, a provision which um, basically says that you can't come after um, gun owners or gun manufacturers, uh, retailers, if gun is used in the commission of a crime uh, just because that gun was used in the commission of crime. Is there anything comparable on the state level that is moving? I, I don't see anything uh, at the at the state level on anything like that. And, uh, you know, it's it's the bad guy that uses the gun. It's not the gun that is, is, is the bad thing. Yeah, when we come back after uh, this next break, we'll talk a little bit about the um, the prohibition of uh, um, barring pro or prohibiting commercial sale of firearms and ammunition. Um, uh, that uh, I think that was Senate Bill 360. Yes. Um, and we've got some, some interesting things going on here at the state level, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we, when we come back. And I'm going to remind our listeners that uh, this is a pre-recorded show. Um, if you have any questions, you can just uh, send us an email on our contact page on the website, and we'd be more than glad to uh, respond to you either directly uh, via email or if it's an issue that can be presented to the broader listening audience, we'll bring it up in a subsequent show and talk about it because uh, over the next several um, never se next several weeks, I'm sure there's going to be issues that you're concerned about. Send them to us, and we'll go ahead and discuss them. You're listening to Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show, and we're going to go ahead and continue our conversation with Ohio State Senator Steve Huffman, who's been so kind to join us here at the range uh, for our uh, pre-recorded uh, broadcast of today's show. Um, I want to talk, Steve, now a little bit about uh, Senate Bill 360, um, which you mentioned was also... Did it pass or has it been proposed? It's been proposed, and we've had uh, at least once, if not twice, uh, uh, two hearings on that, and you need three to get it passed. Now, I know there are probably some of our listeners out there who will probably say, wait a minute, I want, uh, I want to get in that uh, protected status too, but this bar will prohibit uh, commercial sale of firearms and ammunition um, facilities like myself, retail establishments, shooting ranges, from being uh, shut down. Um, when they issue orders like the, the lockdown orders. Now, we were lucky that there was a specific um, written exemption 
uh, back in uh, March or April, which allowed us to stay open. However, I don't know um, if that was just something that was overlooked or um, they just kind of continued it. But um, it was explicitly included. It was. Yes, there was specific language and um, we were we were included as being exempt. Uh, However, and and I say that we were grateful uh, not only because we were able to stay open, but more importantly, um, as you well know, it's estimated that over 5 million new gun owners around the country purchased guns for the first time in 2020 since all this madness uh, began. And we know that uh, tens of thousands of them are right here in Ohio. And uh, we also know that because we had people knocking on our door in a couple cases. They said, hey, um, I feel for my family. The police don't know if they're going to be able to respond to certain types of circumstances. Um, there's violence spreading all over the country. I want to protect myself. I went out and bought a gun. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Can you help me? And obviously we take those people in because that's what we specialize in. And I got to imagine that that was kind of the conversation or at least part of the conversation when you guys discussed this, um, up at the, up at the state house. Yeah. And, and this is going to take, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen down the road. The next, next pandemic, you know, is the governor, the health director going to say, no, we're going to just lock down firearms, you know, for six months. And, and, and that's not right because we have the Second Amendment. So this we're not going to take that take that to chance. And uh, President Albaugh. So in the Senate, if, if something's going to get done, uh, the president uh, who, who decides what gets done is sponsoring this bill. I think it, there's a good chance it'll get done at the, by the end of the year. Well, you know, what's ironic and you may know this. Maybe you don't. But let me just share with you some data around the country. In the areas where the lockdowns have been the most locked down, violent crime has gone through the roof. Um, New York City, Chicago, all these. Chicago has already surpassed the previous high of 750 fatalities in a year in 2020, even though they were, quote, locked down, unquote, for much of the time. Um, And these citizens... Innocent citizens in every community across the country, not only in the the major cities, but in uh, uh, suburban communities, in rural areas, they realize that uh, the police are overwhelmed. Um, When situations like this happen, when the riots start, when there's um, um, chaos going on, when there's indecisiveness, um, when there's uh, the the disease itself, um, people feel kind of that they're vulnerable. And... uh, I think it's just good, good sense, common sense that you not restrict people from being able to take means to get a gun, get the training, get the ammunition, be able to do the things they're going to need to defend themselves. And there's other people on the other side of the coin who have said, well, do what you do all the time, just call the police. Well, we know that that's not going to work. And is that the kind of discussion when you that, guys... That, that's the discussion we, that, that we have at the, the state level, that you need to defend yourself. Because there are times uh, that, that the, the police are on the other side of town, you're overwhelmed, your business is overwhelmed, and you need to protect yourself or just, ha- just ha- you know, want to have a gun because that's the Second Amendment. Well, you know, you represent... What are the five major counties that you you represent all of miami all of preble southern dark and then western uh, montgomery county including the city of dayton clayton uh trotwood farmersville okay outside of dayton and a little bit of trotwood from my experience the majority of the other jurisdictions are primarily small city and rural is that correct i would agree and at six o'clock in the evening many of those jurisdictions might only have one or two officers on duty and maybe a sheriff deputy or two countywide is that correct 
Yeah, so, so you, you know, look how big Preble County, and if you have two sheriff's office and you're on one end of the county, it, it could literally take them 15, 20 minutes to get to, to, get to the other side to, to protect it, you. And, and that's not just something new. That's been going on forever. People know that. People know that the police can't get here. And, and you know, my experience is those people, they take law and order seriously, and they understand that they may have to take matters into their own hands in a legitimate way to defend themselves and defend their family members if, in fact, something Something happens because somebody rolls up a lane in a in a rural area and they want to do harm. Uh, there's not much of a chance of uh, um, uh, the police getting there before the incident. And and, I, and even even in the city, I, I worked in a city where we had never less than five or six officers on duty covering 18 square miles. And 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 Steve, I have to tell you, I never stopped a violent crime in 25 years. I got there after the fact. I, I pursued it backwards. I was able to apprehend the offender, maybe on the scene or, or fleeing the scene or through subsequent investigation. Later on, got him. Um, uh, only in a couple cases was there a bad outcome. Uh, in one case, we were very lucky. An individual shot his girlfriend, uh, but he was intoxicated, and he shot her in the shoulder twice, and she played dead. And um, uh, we were able to apprehend him uh, at a later time, but we didn't stop the incident. Well, out in those counties that you represent, there's not much hope of police getting there, like you said, 15, 20, maybe upwards of 30 minutes. And people have to be able to defend themselves. And that kind of goes way back from our country's origin. And certainly as we started to evolve from primarily rural to um, urban uh, situations uh, or, or environments, people kind of brought, them with, brought that with them. And we kind of lost that heritage. Is that no, no, we have, and you know, especially the rural farmer out there, you know, protecting themselves, their livestock. Uh, we have coyotes all around now, and uh, uh, you, you know, most of them have, have grown up with uh, uh, a gun out on the farm to to help things, and they need to they need to protect themselves uh, from anything that they need to. Well, we got to, you know, once we get over this uh, lame duck session, which uh, when will you be back in session after the lame duck session ends? Will that be like in the first or second month of So of January, January 4th, uh, the new General Assembly will get sworn in and we'll have a couple weeks uh, of uh, kind of orientation. And then we're going to be working on the budget, which will be a, uh, you know, a lot of revenues down. And we're going to have a lot of hard decisions with the governor, uh, the Senate and the House to uh where we're going to have to cut because it's going to be very difficult to raise taxes, but uh, we're going to have certainly have a significant decrease in revenue over the next uh, two-year budget. So that'll probably preoccupy the initial, the initial session. The the initial six months uh, in uh, 21 will be all about the budget. And do you think that any of the bills that we talked about here, either 317, 360, or 383, will gain much traction as we move forward? I, I believe at least one or uh, at least one or two of these will get uh, done in lame duck, and I'm sure that uh, knowing Senator Johnson, that uh, 383 will come back in some some form uh, in the next general assembly, and and he will continue to see it through. Let's talk just in general about um, at the state level because we can't really control what goes on at the federal level relative to politics a lot of the time. But um, we have a Republican governor, we have a, a Republican dominated. Senate and House? Are we, we? So in the last election, uh, we increased our majority in the House from 58 to uh, 61. So we're uh, 61, 38. And the House, uh, we're kind of at the same, but uh, things are looking good uh, to add a seat where we were 24, 9. Uh, Senator Kunze is in a race where it's down to 100 votes after all the votes have been counted, which ought, will be an automatic recount. But that looks uh, real good to, to keep that Senate seat and move us to 
25 to 8, um, which if both a supermajority in both would have the ability to override any veto if, if the uh, Republicans stayed together. Do you look forward to 2021 with optimism relative to what you're going to be able to get accomplished in in the state house? I, I do. I think that uh, uh, you know the, the the Ohio House had its troubles, and uh, and we don't need to go into that in uh, uh, in the last year. And I think that uh, I think the world of uh, Speaker Cup uh, has been a very good friend uh, for many years. I think he. he very smart and, I, and conservative man, uh, and and then my my cousin Matt Huffman from Lima also will will I think will lead um, uh, going forward, and I think uh, you know the, the, I'm hoping that the governor continues the conservative values that got him elected, and uh, he plans to run for re-election, and uh, you, you're going to need to look for for the Republicans and the conservatives and the Second Amendment that got him there. We talk about the divisiveness at the national level. Is it just as divided here in Ohio? I, I, I would say yes. I don't think it's as vocal, uh, it, it, publicly vocal, uh, you know, in, in certain meetings and certain times it is about certain things. But uh, uh, when you hold a supermajority, it's a little easier to just sit, down, sit there and uh, listen to it. And uh, at the end of the day, you vote for good policy uh, that's going to lead the state of Ohio and, and, and move it forward. You know, at the federal level, this hasn't been discussed in the state of Ohio in particular, but at the federal level we talk about, we question whether our representatives are representing us very well. Um, in this last year, I'm sure there are people in Ohio started to say, wow, there's some things happening that we wonder if they're really doing the things they're, they're supposed to be doing. It sounds like um, here at the Ohio, here in Ohio, we have the opportunity. I'm going to use that, that term, and you, you, you can qualify it any way you want. We have the op opportunity to make progress, to maybe bridge some gaps that exist to try to try to get some constructive things going that are going in the positive direction as opposed to I want this you want that you're not getting this unless I get that and that's where we're going to stand and we're at a standoff and we don't we don't make any headway do you think there might be some room even though you control um, can we reach across the aisle and come up with some reasonable legislation over the next 12 months 13 months no, I, I think we can. I, th I, I think with the, the leadership that we have and, and the policies that going forward, um, you, you know, we're all looking to do what's best for the state of Ohio and, and, and all the citizens. And sometimes we have a little different view about that. But uh, the ultimate goal is, is, you know, that's what I got into politics. I have five kids is to make Ohio great for, for my kids, which will be great for all of us. And uh, we just got to keep that uh, goal in mind. What are our strengths right now in the state of Ohio? What, what do we got going for us? I know that we're a big, uh, at least I'm guessing, coming from northeastern Ohio. At one time we were a big steel um, um, producer. Um, and I know Middletown's here. They, they surely had a, their fair share of it. But we were big on the, um, the, the gas, gas and, and fracking. Is that is that still we, we have a, a lot of gas and frack, fracking in eastern Ohio that we're going to take advantage of. And ha, ha, what that does is bring cheap energy. Cheap energy brings manufacturing to the state of Ohio. And we need to bring that back. And I think that's one thing this uh, pandemic has taught us is that we need to bring manufacturing, skilled manufacturing, back to the, the United States and in the state of Ohio. And we have we got to get uh, we got to better our workforce so that, you know, people uh, uh, people do what my daddy taught me is that you, you know you get up you go you listen to the boss you do what he says and and you you you, you move up and and 
that that's what we need to do is you know start teaching uh, young people uh, a good education and a good trade. It doesn't have to be college, but they have to be ready for the workforce. You know, it's hard to believe that just as recently as a year or two ago, when you if you said something like, you know, you got to work hard to get ahead in life, some people said that was an insult and that was prejudice or there was some negative connotation with that. I was like you. That was the only. I guess edict I grew up on. You got to get out and work hard to get ahead, and then you got to work harder to get farther ahead, and that's the only way you're going to get farther ahead. And it was just understood. But it's kind of interesting how our generation, one set of beliefs, and in in in, in, the, in the soft skills, you, you know, do what you're told, be there on. I mean, I mean simple, be there on time, uh, and things like that. Uh, uh, it will get you a long way. All right, we are going to need to take our our last break for the hour. Uh, We've been uh, spending the last uh, several minutes here with uh, Senator Steve Huffman. We'll be coming back right after this break. This is Mark Avery with Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show. We only have a few minutes left, so uh, um, Senator uh, Huffman, I just want to give you a minute or so to just uh, tell our audience where they can go if they want to have any questions, concerns, comments. You represent uh, people that are in our greater listening audience, and uh, you're, you're a very wise man. You've given us good advice Lots of things going on, and people sometimes want a, uh, a a person they can talk to, or at least know that they're going to have their uh, their 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 concern heard and maybe addressed. No, I, I appreciate you having me, and you know we do this every few months, and and I think it's important. I mean, I. Uh, the first time and every time I've got elected, I always talk about the Second Amendment and how important it is. People can contact my office in, in Columbus if they have a concern on, on, on Second Amendment guns or anything in, partic- uh, in particular that I can help you with. with. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward. You know, we got to get past 2020. I think, you know, the uh, life is uh, going to be beautiful in 2021. Uh, in Ohio, we, you know, with the supermajority in the House and the, in the Senate, I think we're going to do good things and continue to move Ohio forward. You know, I, you said something that just kind of struck a memory. I'll bet there were people here in Ohio who said, we're going to get past 1968 and we're going to get past 1973. And um, when the, the gas crisis hit in the, the mid-70s, we're going to get past 1976. And, you know, I remember as a kid, I, I remember that rel- accurate, accurately because gas went from 28 cents a gallon to three figures and the bad gas pumps were ready to handle it. So I remember people, the gas lines and rationing and all that stuff. And we were wondering what the heck's going to happen. So your words, words of wisdom that we're going to get past 2020 and we'll move on. But thank you for joining us here today. We truly appreciate it. Thank you for your time. And then thank you for the listeners to, for having me. All right. I want to finish out today's show by, uh, I just want to remind our listeners a little bit of bad news is that uh, we put out a, um, a memo last week that we now are on critical ammo level where we have no ammo for recreational shooting or uh, competitive shooting at the present time. We continue to work on um, trying to acquire ammunition. We want to encourage you to get any and all that you can afford to get that you're going to need without hoarding if there is such a thing these days because hoarding could be five boxes because it, I don't it's going to be too expensive to, to too get much. that kind of collection yeah, anyway that's exactly right and uh and, and like mark and i have always talked to uh, you people were talking about price gouging but again we believe in our capitalist society and a capitalistic society and it's supply and demand issues so 
Um, can continue to uh, support your retailers, do the best you can to get your ammunition. We're certainly going to be doing that. I have to tell you, and I'll be putting some information out next week as part of a Black Friday, uh, just a mini, not really even a sale, just an alert. We were able to get six guns that we've had on back order since January. And how so, many uh, of them were already spoken for and sold? And half of them were yeah, already spoken go. for and sold. Now, one of them backed out because they went and bought something else because they weren't waiting six months. So we understand that, and uh, these will sell. But I'll get word out as soon as I can. If there's something you're looking for, send us an email. Can't guarantee you get it, but we've reached out to a lot of our, uh, um, our, our friends in, in the area and beyond. And we've heard of a, a few places uh, even outside the state where you're able to get some things. We've probably transferred uh, 10 times more guns than we've sold over the last six months. So there's stuff out there and just... Give us a holler and let us see if we can uh, help you out. We're still open for recreational shooting. If you have your own ammo, um, encourage your friends. If you're in need of training, we've got enough ammo, and we're reserving the ammo for the people who have registered for our classes through the end of the year, and we're hoping that things are going to turn around. We don't think it's any great conspiracy. It's simply a case of supply and demand. As I mentioned, 5 million new shooters nationwide, and a lot of them right here in Ohio. Well, and we've talked about the the problem with manufacturing in this country, the the production of lead, the, the reprocessing of lead is something that's completely moved overseas. And so you, if you can't get lead, you can't make bullets. All right, well, thank you again very much for being with us, Senator Huffman. Jeff, uh, it's, it's a fun as always because these things go flying by. You're listening to Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. WHIO Dayton, WHIO FM, Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station from the CJSHeatingAndAir.com studios. CJS means yes.